Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 10. Hear now these holy words. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life upon, up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols churn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah on to dry land. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. If we have not had a chance to meet yet, my name is Quinn Lockman, and I am your new associate pastor here at Bluff Park. Although for most Sundays I won't be here for a little bit until July, I am excited that we get to spend this time this morning together. Uh, I, this sanctuary is a little bit bigger than I'm used to preaching in. Uh, I went, as I was looking through the week, I, I glanced back and I realized my entire church could fit from the back row of the choir loft to the front row here. So this is a little bit bigger. But I think it might be easier to preach in because my daughter is not in the service, who's two years old. Last week, she hopped down and decided to throw Play-Doh during an important prayer, and I lost it. I started laughing and giggling. So if you want to throw me off today in the front row, you can throw some Play-Doh around. But <laughs> One of my favorite books I've ever read is A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Future by Michael J. Fox. This book is his memoir about his life from having a thriving career in acting, to being world famous, and then to his diagnosis of Parkinson's disease that changed everything about his life. But it's a story of perseverance, of positivity, and the way that life comes at us in unexpected ways. Even through this massive change in his life, it's not what he would have expected or asked for for Michael this life change he views more positive than negative. The diagnosis has allowed him to raise millions upon millions of dollars in an attempt to find a cure for this harsh disease. It has allowed him to help and to reach more people than he ever thought was possible. He states in this book that if he was given a chance to change anything about his life, he wouldn't change a thing including his diagnosis of Parkinson's. His story often inspires me. I am not naturally optimistic, as my wife would say, but I continue to work harder each day to see the brighter things in life. And if I'm being honest, I have found that life has a funny way of uh, twisting and turning and flipping and looping back around, yet seemingly always finding a way to place me in situations where the good that I can do 
is way more than any negative that I experience along the way. I have so many stories about how, through my life about how my life I thought was going one direction and then here I am being pulled and pushed and shoved into another. Whenever I think I have it figured out, seemingly God has a different direction that God calls me and it is often in unexpected and incredibly pleasant ways. Me being here in this pulpit in Alabama in front of you all this Sunday is one of those times that I will add to my ever-growing collection of how God is continually pulling me and pushing me in the right direction. Up until just a few weeks ago, I was working full-time as an assistant executive director at a local nonprofit called Magic City Harvest. And I'm also appointed, as I mentioned, as a part-time licensed local pastor to a small church near Smith Lake called Arley United Methodist. In September, I had my yearly meeting with Reverend Rick Owen, our district superintendent. And he asked what seemingly was offhandedly if I would ever consider a full-time appointment. I responded with a bit of a chuckle and said, sure, for the right church, for the right situation, I would consider it, but I will make no promises that I will give up my full-time role for a full-time appointment into ministry. And honestly, I left that meeting and I didn't think much of it. Because if you know anything about the appointment system in the United Methodist Church, the fall is not the time where pastors anxiously await the DS's calls to see if they are being moved or not. Those times usually happen sometime after Easter. So I went about my life. And then a few weeks ago, I got a phone call from Rick Owen again in the middle of the day on a Tuesday. And Arlie was having their charge conference coming up in about a week and a half. And so I thought it was his office. I thought it was Sandy calling me to figure out some of the details of, the, of that meeting. But no, once I picked up, I knew pretty quickly it was gonna be one of those moments that would change the course of where I was headed. Rick asked if I would be willing to, tra to transition into a full-time role here at Bluff Park United Methodist, a place that my family already calls home and has ever since we moved to Alabama in 2017 a place where a huge part of our community already resides, a place that made this hard decision so much easier. When my wife, Kelly, and I moved to Alabama, Bluff Park made sense. It quickly became our church. At the time, I worked under Reverend Julie Holly at Birmingham Southern College as their Wesley director. I knew John Carl through my time in seminary. Luckily, he didn't remember any of the papers I had written. He was a TA of mine. Bluff Park just made sense in a lot of ways. But then we came and we visited and we loved the people we got to know. It became clear that the people here are people that love God and love community and are on service to the mission of the church. And if you're gonna accept a bunch of Yankees like me and my wife, then we are good here. But we attended and by the end of 2018, we declared ourselves members here. Here's the thing you need to know about me, that God doesn't just whisper into my ear. Well, God probably does, but I'm pretty terrible at listening. But God and I often have to struggle to get me to where I need to be. 
That's the way I interact into my, with my call into ministry. It's just that. It is a struggle. Hence, I was working at a nonprofit and not at a local church full time. It seems to pull, God seems to pull me back and direct me where I need to go. I often relate to Jonah's story and Jonah's struggle with God. When God directs Jonah one way, he literally runs in the opposite direction. Jonah needs to be swallowed up and trapped by a fish for three days to listen, to even begin to listen to God. Jonah disobeys God because Jonah is scared. Jonah is scared that the folks he's called to preach God's story to won't listen. Or maybe even worse, they will listen and he will have to lead them. Jonah is scared of his calling. At the risk of being way too honest with some people I don't even know everybody's name in, I too am scared of my calling. I will openly tell anyone who will listen, if God would let me do anything else, I would. Don't get me wrong, I love what I get to do. I love being a part of the church community. I love leading and walking faith, and I love being a part of the church. And being a part of the church cycle and the church week is vital for my soul. But honestly, I am afraid that I won't live up to the high expectations, the high expectations from God, the high expectations from the church, and the high expectations, often unreachable expectations I set for myself. Jonah remains scared throughout his story. Although he eventually, sort of, begins to lean in and let God lead him where God is calling him to, he struggles with God. He gets angry at God. He curses God. He yells at God. But here's the thing, and it's a good reminder for me and for all of us here today. God can handle that. God is bigger than Jonah's fears. God is bigger than one man's calling. God is bigger than anything scary for Jonah or for any of us. And I hope that I never have to be swallowed up by a fish to listen to God, but I certainly hope and pray that God continues to shove me in the right direction. I believe wholeheartedly that I am where I need to be. I believe that God will create good out of our stories intermingling. Even though I know this down to my bones, it doesn't make it less scary. First impressions have a lasting impact, and that's the real scary part for me and for you. We don't know each other. We don't know what to expect. You don't know if you can trust me. I don't know if you will be kind in the moments that I fail your expectations. You may look at me and think, man, he is too doggone young to be my pastor. What does he know about life? I stand here thinking some of the same things. How will I be a good leader? How will I be a good minister? How will I be a good pastor to these lovely people? The anxiety, the fear, the excitement are all part of the process. A professor I had at Duke Divinity School talked about the first Sunday at a new appointment as sort of like a blind date. I could feel that this morning as I anxiously waited in the parlor to meet so many friendly faces. I spent a lot of time uh, thinking and hoping of what today might be like. 
I tried to practice this sermon two dozen times this week. And each time I practiced from this pulpit, somebody, many somebodies, would come in and have to do something in this sanctuary. This church is alive and full of busyness and love for the, for the world of uh, God. But as I stood there in the parlor, it felt like a blind date. Nervous excitement, hoping that you will like me and that I will like you and hoping even a little this might maybe could turn into something serious and we could talk about the future. In the past few weeks, I have done what I do when I am presented with a new challenge. I research and I dive in fully. After my conversation with Rick and I had accepted the appointment, I immediately reached out to friends and mentors and asked each of them for advice and guidance on what I should do, how I should preach, and what should I do, and how should I do this thing called ministry. I want to tell you what they told me, because if it's bad advice, I want you to redirect me. But if it's not, maybe you can understand where I'm coming from. One person I reached out to was a mentor of mine. His name is Brad Thee. His job title is something like Director of the Rural Church Initiative through the Duke Endowment at Duke Divinity School or some long title like that. I met him while I was working on my seminary degree. He is one of the kindest, most gentle, give you the shirt off his back type people. I worked with him, I was able to work with him for a year after I graduated when I was the Divinity School's event planner. Together we put on a conference for a few hundred pastors who work in rural churches throughout North Carolina. I once needed to pull him away from a group of pastors because he was supposed to eat two hours beforehand, but never got to it because when he is talking to you, he walks like Jesus did. He makes you feel like you are the only person on the face of the planet. He is important. He makes you feel important. It's a special skill that I long and wish that I had more of. He told me, History is important. Learn it. I, stand that, I say that standing here in a worn down part of the altar here, of this pulpit, from the predecessors that have gone before me. I had multiple people told me that Reed made this, uh, made this place, made this spot for me. The history of this congregation, of Bluff Park, is indeed important. It takes your stories and it weaves it into the building, into the carpet, into the windows, into this pulpit. Your relationships, your marriage, your children, your most joyful moments, your moments you didn't know if you could take one more step, but the church was here are important. The history not only informs me to what has happened, but it can tell and can give us a clue on what might be around the corner. So tell me your history. I'll continue to share mine as long as you will listen, but I am desperate for your story, for what you have seen, for what you have felt, for who you have loved and who you have lost. I don't just want to see you on your Sunday best, but I want to be present and to be able to walk with you on your Monday worst. Next, I called my former field education supervisor, Ken Spencer. Ken was one of the best supervisors I have ever had. We quickly became friends. He was the pastor that married my wife, Kelly, and I, and he holds a special place in my heart. 
He is such an open person. He cares so deeply about the relationships he forms that he, found, he finds it incredibly hard to leave churches because he, fought, because he forms true friendships as he goes through. And he's often the person you don't want to follow in a church because he is often beloved and cared for, and the church is never quite ready to let him go. He told me to make sure that I laugh with you, that I eat with you, and that I'm there in your most joyful moments and the moments that are less than joyful. The heart of any community can be found through laughter, through tears, and through meals. I want to know you. I've been a part of this community already for a few years, but I, and I love you already, but I want to know you more. I want to care for you deeply. I want to know you truly. If we only see each other on Sundays, we're doing something wrong. This takes time, but it starts with every moment, like today in the parlor. It starts with every handshake and every blessing that we share, every meal that we take. But, it, but I will continue to be as open of a book as you will allow me to be. My wife says I might be a little bit too open, but I will do my best to answer any question honestly and authentically as possible. You might not like the answer, but I'll do my best to say what I think and what I feel and where we should go. These small pieces of advice are helpful. I believe that they are good, otherwise I wouldn't be sharing them with you. I'm excited to see where each of these pieces and these nuggets of information take me. But they, this is something that, this church is something that is special. It's, this church builds a community. It is a community of believers, a community of Methodists, a community that can change this community, Bluff Park, can change the Birmingham community, can change the community of Alabama, and can even change the world if we bond together and make the right steps towards Christ. I'm excited to do my small part in continuing to build a community, the, continuing the history of building a long community of Jesus followers. I try to be a man of my word. If I say I'm gonna do something, I try very hard to make sure that it is done. So I wanna make a few promises to you. Each week, I will try to get to know you more. I will try to understand you, to hear you, and most importantly, to be present with you. Each week, I will come prepared to do my best, whatever that might look like on any particular week. Some of our, some weeks, our interactions, our, my sermons, my lessons, our conversations will be less than good. Some interactions, some sermons, some moments, hopefully, will, make, will resonate with you differently and make you think throughout the week. But most will be somewhere in the middle. I will, I promise, without a doubt, fail some of you. I won't hear something you told me. I will forget something important, like your name. I will say something that maybe comes off insensitive or I'm a Yankee, so it might come off a little blunt. Uh, hopefully, with God, God's grace, that won't happen too often. Hopefully, not at all, but I know that I'm human. And so when that moment happens, I want you to know something, that I will do everything in my power to make it right to rectify the situation, to help us heal, 
and to begin to move forward. Y'all, I might be scared of my calling, but I feel so welcomed here. And I hope that it doesn't take me being swallowed by a fish to listen to God to figure out where we are headed. But I'm so excited to show up each and every week for you and for your family and for the best moments and for the moments that are hard. Know that I love you already and I can't wait to get to know you more. Hey friends, my name is Ross Furio. I am one of the pastors here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. And I am so glad that you joined us this week for our message. I want to remind you that if you ever want to join us in person for worship, we are here every Sunday morning. We have two worship services, both at 10 a.m. One is a modern worship service in the chapel. We call it the gathering. And the other is our traditional worship service in our main sanctuary. Again, both of those are at 10 every Sunday morning here on our campus. If you need us for any reason, I hope that you will jump on our website, www.bluffparkumc.org. You'll find ways to contact any of the pastors here on staff. We are here for you, here to walk with you through life in, in any way that you might need support. We hope that you're going to have a great week, and hopefully we'll see you soon.